0: This is the OHL in sixty podcast. I'm Reese Demani, along with Colin Ward. A lot to get to this week. Uh, the COVID bug—just kidding. Um, the flu bug found its way to my home, and if I sound a little off, yeah, that's why. I've had a head cold since late Wednesday, Thursday. So, Proudly anyone's talk. wondering, hey, Reese, your voice is screwed up, or you sound weird, or you're out of breath? Well, yeah, I was kind of sick all weekend, so. Yeah, that kind of sucked, but uh, and especially yeah. in the aspect of, you know, Colin went to three ranks, and I went to zilch. <laughs> yeah. So the jealousy's a little high, but, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll work through it. We'll be all right. Uh, I mean, it should be a good, be back. good show here, uh, for sure, on the 25th, Tuesday, January 25th edition of the OHL and 60 podcast. As I mentioned, Pac Show, again, uh, gets a featured game. It was quite a bit ago, uh, the last Thursday. Sue Greyhounds taking on the Windsor Spitfires. Uh, overall thoughts on the weekend, and this will be more of a Colin thing. He saw a lot more than I did. <laughs> I, you know, I can only see what's on TV and through OHL Live. So uh, Colin's going to have thoughts from inside the arena as well. I'm sure there will be a stat of the day in there somewhere, and we'll oh, have that a lot sponsor of- for you as well.
1: Lots of yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on with that. A lot of shot trackers. Had eight shot trackers. Oh, total of 150 shots this weekend. As I just spoiled this
0: stat 150, play, uh, 150 players. 150 players. 150 shots with eight players. Did that true? I forgot you did goalies. Never mind.
1: And it's hard. It is hard doing goalies, tracking the shots. It's really hard to do that because you only have so much room to put every shot, and there's a lot of shots on those games. I mean, when you have 40 yeah. shots apiece, like on Sunday, it gets tough. It gets tough. That's for sure. So, yeah, yeah it definitely I deserved got, a little bit I think of a while getting out of. Yeah, yeah, that was a it was a long day on Sunday. That's for sure. Came yeah. home and crashed.
0: Oh, I believe it. I would have too.
1: Yeah, three and three. they used to four and four. Feature game Thursday
0: yeah at, at least, least you got home Saturday before Sunday. the snow, especially considering driving from yeah. London, so that was all right.
1: yeah, it wasn't too bad. London's nice and close too,
0: yeah.
1: The worst was Saturday night, and going in or coming home from Guelph, that was the worst, but yeah, it was okay.
0: And that drive always sucks coming 24 through Cambridge and then you know depending on which way you took, either go the back roads to Delhi or
1: yeah, I go come Burford right through way.
0: Brantford but
1: yeah, I go through Brantford way all the way old
0: burford yeah Uh what else we got uh suspension again got another Couple. suspension here yeah two suspensions mark woolley um and of course cameron baber so we'll get to that uh and then this is something we kind of previewed last week and kind of started the discussion on it anyways this will probably lead into I don't know if it'll be the second half of segment number two or the start of segment number two. We'll have to find out. But uh, why the top six teams in each conference, as Colin sends me something and the list disappeared. No, I'm kidding. It's all good. Why the top six teams in each conference have a chance to win? Colin and I are going to chat about that uh, again. That's exciting.
1: We, that's exciting.
0: Yeah, we, we, kinda, we got excited about it. about it last week, right?
1: Yeah, that's going to be a fun conversation because I feel like that'll go to the 20. Oh, yeah. In the second segment,
0: it's going to be a fun one. Uh, of course, we'll get to the player of the week, goaltender of the week, and then the featured game uh, for this upcoming week in the Ontario Hockey League to round out January. Holy crap. That went by quick.
1: Yeah, I was saying that last week. Uh, I think Friday I mentioned that. I'm like, this is odd, that like next week's February. Like, Where'd the time go? I mean, hey, nice to get out of this uh, winter weather. That would be good. Yeah, I get back to Monday. baseball.
0: As yeah, much as we love the Ontario Hockey League. but Playoff weather.
1: Need playoff exactly.
0: Weather. That's what I'm saying.
1: Need playoff weather. Yeah, every Monday it seems to snow in southern Ontario, so that yeah. kind of sucks, too.
0: Yes, it does. Snow is not pleasant. But, uh, nice. yeah. Start off the show. Featured game. It took place pat- this past Thursday, to be specific. Uh, January 20th. It was the Sioux Greyhounds making the long trek all the way around through Ontario uh, to Windsor, to the Wafku Center. Shout out to Pasquale Zito. Uh, It was a 3-2 Windsor Spitfires win in a shootout. Goaltending matchup, we saw Xavier Medina going up against Tucker Tynan. And there was one goaltender who was a lot busier than the other. And we're talking Xavier Medina seeing a lot of pucks in the first 40 minutes compared to Tucker Tynan, who saw 10 compared to 25 uh, for Xavier Medina. So that kind of leads us into how this game went and kind of, you know, really Windsor had nothing going on in that first 40 minutes. It was really, you know, the Sioux Greyhounds again, It was an empty building. I'm not saying the Windsor Spitfires weren't there. Obviously, Xavier Medina was the biggest reason that the Windsor Spitfires were able to come back and win. But just to start that game, you had that feeling like, oh, Sue, like they made that long journey. Could they be the ones in rough shape compared to the Spitfires? Well, no, it was a complete opposite for the first 40 minutes. So, uh, Wardy, get your thoughts on this one. Um, Slow start for Windsor, but they end up getting the win. Yeah, the second period was not good at all. I mean, only two nothing going into the
1: third. That was Windsor's kind of lucky for that one because shots on goal in the second period, three shots for Windsor is not enough by any means. I mean, 11-3 they get out shot. That's not enough. And they flip it around 15 to 9. And then even in overtime, the shots are five-nothing for Sue. Over Windsor, and I mean shootout. It's a crappy way to end a game in the skills competition. It really it's not fun at all when the game goes to a shootout. I mean, put it 10 minutes, three on three. We've been saying this forever. Put it 10 minutes, three on three, and I guarantee you more than half the games will end within that five minutes. You look at over when you watch any type, any league, when you watch a hockey game, it goes to three on three overtime. You watch it. The last 30 seconds of the three on three of the five minutes is always the fastest part, like the fastest pace. That's where the mistakes are the because they don't so want to go imagine. to the shootout. Yeah. So you imagine you have another five and a half minutes onto that. Guys are going to be tired. That's an extra three, four shifts for the good players. That's that's a long time. I yeah. mean, heck, half these defensemen here in the OHL, they can play 35 minutes a night now in the second half. I mean, you're going to get mistakes when you're pushing about 30, 37 minutes a night for some of these defensemen. That's going to be tough. I mean, Brant Clark, right? Brant going to play 30 minutes a night for Barry, no problem. So you put on another three, 33 minutes a night. Look okay, out, well, you're going to start to see mistakes. That's a lot of hockey.
0: Yeah, well, and... Spitfires eight shots total until probably the what 17 minute mark of that second period. And then, you know, they had a flurry of chances where they got the last two to make it three in total in that second period. But yeah, just wasn't, wasn't even close. It's Sue Greyhound should have easily won this game, but you know, the Spitfires, they found a way to get the job done. They had 15 shots in that third period. And I could just imagine Mark Savard going at him just being like, Hey, We got 10 shots. What the bleep is going on here? We're a much better hockey club than this. They're a good team, but 10 shots is embarrassing. And I I could just see it right away from Mark Savard for the Spitfire. So obviously something lit a fire underneath their rear ends to get them going for that third period. They scored twice in the final frame on 15 shots. They outshot the Greyhounds 15 to nine in that third period. And now we head to overtime, kind of go through the scoring summary first before we get to that extra frame and then into the shootout. Caden uh, Carlisle got the scoring started. First period, 746 mark. Magnosa and Tyler Savard, son of Mark, uh, assisting on that goal. And then it would be Tyler getting his sixth of the season, making the 2-0 game, 521 mark of period number two. Connor Tom's and Jack Thompson get the two assists for the Greyhounds on that play and two nothing after the first 40, like I mentioned, and then it'd be the Spitfires coming back. And they kind of talked about this on the television broadcast is, you know, they, of course they watch the Spitfires every home game and I'm sure they tune into every road game as well, but you know, they, they kept mentioning, you know, the Spits they've come back before. This isn't anything new. They're used to being down. So, you know, this, this isn't, unusual territory you got to get one in the first 10 and you gotta get one in the second 10 and they just kept reiterating that throughout that third period and eventually uh, it would lead to good things Will Cooley gets his 23rd of the year 826 into period number three Matthew Maggio Wyatt Johnston uh, getting the two helpers on that one and then with 25 seconds left in regulation time Mm -hmm. Matthew Maggio from Wyatt Johnston and Andrew Parrott tie up the
1: what game, 2-2. Yeah, and what a player Maggio is. I just wanted to – I had that in my thoughts on the weekend. Matthew Maggio, I got to see him play Friday night and the the following night. He's really – he's good. I mean, him and Sean McGurn are most underrated O2s, in my opinion. Like, they'll have contracts by the end of the year. I mean, they're both big-name guys in this league. I mean, Maggio, 37 points in 32 games this year. That's pretty good, 16th of the year on that goal. That's big and uh, really good player. The thing that, in my opinion, though, that hurt the Sioux Greyhounds was the 0 for 4 on the power play. I think that hurt. You go 1 for 4, right? All of a sudden you win that game. Not one more goal, but 0 for 4 on the power play kind of isn't good. Every 4, we need to get 1.
0: Long, well, the kind of power play that they have. Number yeah, 1. They're, they're deep.
1: Yeah, their power play, 1 units deep. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, they're it's... a veteran dean, too. Yeah, both these teams, one and two at the top of the Ontario Hockey League in terms of power play percentage. And, of course, this is as of Monday the 24th when we record. Of course, for anyone hearing this, it debuts on the 25th on the Tuesday. But, you know, on Monday, Sioux Greyhounds, 31.1% on the power play. Spitfires, 26.2%. Now, they are tied with the Kingston Frontenacs for that second spot. Windsor played an extra game, but... Still, you expect it to be, you know, better than 0 for 4 for the Sioux Greyhounds. And, I mean, Windsor didn't score in the power play either. They were 0 for 2. So, you know, you can't really say that special teams was a factor at all. I mean, unless you want to build momentum off a big penalty kill. But, you know, in terms of actual scoring, there was really not a whole lot going on. And, I mean, for the Sioux Greyhounds, I wouldn't even say they had the most chances on those four power plays. They did, but they didn't. It was, you know, one chance and it's gone. And then... Well, and all of a sudden, the power play's over, and you're back to five on five. And even in the faceoff, die, you look at the Windsor Spitfires, they didn't have the most shots in the world. They got outshot 39 to 25, including 5 nothing in overtime, which I don't think we've mentioned yet. Uh, but they controlled the faceoffs 31 to 23. They won that battle. So, I mean, one positive you started with the puck more than they did, if you want to look at it that way. But still, I'm sure Mark Savard wanting a better effort from his team. Uh, though still picking up two points. Nice 3-2 shootout win for the Windsor Spitfires in this one. And quickly take a look here uh, at the standings as we head into this final week in January. In terms of the two teams that we had in our featured matchup. Sue Greyhounds still sit at the top of the Western Conference. And five points behind the Mississauga Steelheads for first overall. Sioux Greyhounds 21-12, 2-1 on the season. Uh, 6.25 winning percentage. Windsor Spitfires down in fifth place in that Western Conference. 40 points. Three games in hand uh, on the Sioux Greyhounds. And, of course, if they win all those three games and it comes down to the end of the year, Windsor is ahead of Sioux by one point because they have a record 18-11, 2-2. So that's what we saw. 3-2 shootout win for the Windsor Spitfires this past week's featured game here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Now it's time to move to the thoughts from the weekend and Colin, uh, like I mentioned, you were at a three and three, three rinks, three days. Saw some stuff that a lot of people can't see on TV. Um, what What are you thinking? What, what did you take out of this weekend in the Ontario Hockey League?
1: Well, it's the second half of the year. You really saw that and that, I mean, that, wording I guess it's the second half, yeah, no but it's just the way it is. I mean, the hockey's a playoff atmosphere now. I mean, gearing up jockey for positioning. It's just it's just fun hockey right? now, good gap control. I watched Saturday, Sunday, Guelph, London, the home and home, I went to both of those. and watching watching Guelph and London, they're so similar. I mean veteran big decors, getting gaps, close gaps quickly. Man-to-man, you watch that hockey, and it's playoff hockey. There's no disrespect to the bottom teams. But when you go watch the two top teams in the, West, in the Midwest division battle it out like that, there's no there's little mistakes. I mean, defense are on top of the forwards, the elite forwards in the games. I mean, both teams are at their fair share of goal scores. And it was just really fun to watch those teams go head-to-head. Friday night was really good as well. Kitchener and Windsor, high pace, really good pace in that game. It's cool you get to hear all the stuff with no fans. You really hear that a lot now with no fans and stuff. But Guelph, it was funny on Saturday, Reese. I go in there and they don't play the – they had no, like, fake crowd noise. So it's like an old-fashioned hockey game. And London had that too on Sunday where it's just an old-fashioned hockey game and it's fun. I mean, you get to hear stuff, you get to see stuff, develop. There's no crowd noise, there's no headache. That's nice, but – because some of these arenas crank it way too loud, yeah. but uh good pace, very, very good. The app control, smart plays. I mean, you can only make the smart plays in those types of games. London Guelph can only make the smart plays. Turn one turnover, it cost you a game. You saw that on Sunday with the miscommunication between Antonio Stronjis and Brett Roshu for the empty netter, and that was a tough one. But you look at you look at the games, and there's just little room for air. And um yeah, that really, that really – struck in my in my brain, and another one was the PK setup. The PK setup on the back check, so when the power play is coming up the ice, there's no room. Guelph shut London down on the power play. London power play looked terrible on the weekend. It, I mean, it didn't look good at all. Um, and that's a credit to Guelph's penalty kill. Guelph's penalty kill is really good. They're veterans. are getting gaps, And then you saw that on Thursday night in the featured game, too. the power plays, right? A combined over for 6. I think Windsor had 2, and uh, Sue had 4. So yeah, over for 6. And you watch the power plays and the good teams, they break Now It's video sessions, right? And it's no more, okay, it's big boy hockey now, right? It's no more, we're going to, okay, we're going to get you settled in here. It's no, you're going out there. This is what we're going to do. you saw it on video. You've it in practice. This is what we're going to do now. We're going to shut these other teams down. And credit to the coaching, credit to the players. They buy into the systems. And now it's, let's go chase a Jay Ross. Let's go win this. And you're really starting to see that now in the second half.
0: Yeah. And even to that point, it's, it's a matter of, okay, yeah, we can watch all that video and, you know, we know how teams play. Obviously obviously we're playing them a lot more than we usually are because we're not seeing the Eastern conference, of course, except for a certain number of teams, but you know, it's just a matter of adjusting on the fly as well, because, you know, when you get into a situation with London and Guelph, yeah, you can watch video on their power play and how they set Mm -hmm. up, how they come up the ice. You can watch video on how the Guelph storm, Kill penalties and how aggressive they are, you know, not letting you into the offensive end without dumping it in and essentially, you know, creating a turnover. But, and that's, the, know, thing.
1: that's, that's the thing, that's the thing I want to get into because you're starting to see the line juggling now. You're starting to see guys play at another line and run rovers sort of thing. You're starting to see guys play elsewhere. You're starting to see young guys play with veteran guys. I mean, Dale Hunter does it better than anybody. And I mean, there's been a lot of talks about that on social media because of broadcasters not doing homework, you could say, because Antonio Strong just on the weekend for the London Knights came in on the fourth line on their social media lineup. Look at their social media. Antonio Strong just on the fourth line. Antonio Strong just played the most amount of minutes at the forward. He was up. He was in London's top three on the weekend, on Saturday, Sunday. And, I mean, you're going to see movement. He played with a total, of like, five lines. I had him play with five different players. He played with Evangelista, McGurn, Crane, um, Buhal, Barky, Cowan. I mean, this is all guys I made off the top of my head. Um, with and he came in on a line, I forget the line. Oh, Gaz is off. But he, he's played like he wasn't even penciled on the line. Like that. It's just matchup time, right? We're, like you said, it's in the second half now. We're gonna have matchups. There's gonna be line juggling. Dale hunter does it better than anybody. And uh it's not a benching, it's nothing. It's just a fourth, it's just a run over. He doesn't have a set line. That's why I put him in on the fourth line.
0: Yeah. And it's like, I can't think of two better coaches than Dale Hunter and George Burnett. Than exactly uh, to, to like be able to think on the fly gotcha. and be like, you know what? I'm going to try something. I'm going to try having strong just uh, with a couple of fourth line guys. See how that works out. Oh, out, go out for a second one. And if it doesn't work, okay. Okay. I got to, you know, readjust it. Do I take one guy off of that? Move him here, take another guy, move him there. And I mean, you think of those exactly. two and it's just, it doesn't get any better than that. And that's why, you know, they're always near the top. And I mean, we have our choices in the Eastern conference. I think Jay key is really good at that. James Richmond can look at that on the fly and say, okay, yeah, this is what I got to do. Like you have a certain bracket of coaches in the Ontario hockey league that are just, they're at the top. And I don't know how many guys are in that group. Obviously I don't study every single coach in their system, like as much as we can, but you know, we're not at the practices. We're not seeing how they structure lines, how they're kind of looking at things and making adjustments during practices, but you know, when we go to those games, it's it's to see what each team is preparing themselves for for the playoffs because Antonio Stranges is going to be listed on the fourth line again, guaranteed. That's going to happen oh, for again. Sure. Absolutely, you're for going to sure. see Evangelista maybe be listed on the second line, possibly. Like you're going to see, you know, a guy like Mayu or Steklov listed on the third D pairing. Well, no, they're not actually actually on the, Yeah, you're, they're not actually on that pairing. They're not actually on that line. That's just. That's Dale Hunter trying to see if something will work. And if it doesn't, oh, scrap that idea. I'm going to try this. And, and that's just, that's what you have to do. It's well, the point. second half of the season. You got to be able to adjust on the fly. And if you can't, well, good luck in the playoffs because that's what it is. It's adjusting your system to what the other team is doing because video means SFA once you get on the ice.
1: Exactly. You got to be able to do it to get it done with really great. right? And that's a great point because Bryce Montgomery yesterday came in on a third pairing. And he played with three different defense.
0: Yeah, he exactly. played with three
1: different defense on Sunday. He played with uh, Isaiah George. He played with Edward Jackson Edward, and he played with uh, Karel Staklov. So, and I, and here's the point, what really stood up out to me too. I, there's a couple. I'm, I'm a big Bryce Montgomery fan. Reese, you're a big Bryce Montgomery fan. I think Bryce Montgomery's a better professional hockey player than he is in the O. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. A lot of the penalties he gets, and we've talked mm. to him a bunch of times about this. I, a lot of the penalties he gets makes me so upset because they're not penalties. They're not penalties. And that's what I was going to get to. Another thing that caught my eye on the weekend. The refs gotta let them play the game at some point. I get it. Yeah, the head contact and stuff that's obviously a call, but I went and the hardest hit of the weekend, I know the one tonight shared it on their Twitter is their hardest hit. Time McSorley hits a guy in front of the net, shoulder on shoulder. How is that a penalty? How is that a cross check? I don't I don't see it, but you gotta let that play because that's the type of hockey that Draws fans, it draws fans. We, we saw it in Detroit. We saw it in Detroit the last couple of years. Remember that game against Calgary when the Detroit Red Wings had the line brawl with Kowski to Chuck went at it when he gave uh Mantha the spear in the back of the heel. Yep. Remember, remember that brawl? There was nobody in the stands when that game started. All of a sudden a brawl breaks out, and I'm not saying we need to brawls and stuff. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it'll be nice to get some a little bit of body contact because Big hits, those are the games that the fans go. That sells games. I mean, when London and Guelph, when they play with fans, when the guys are making big hits like that and it's hard on the forecheck, they're hard to play against each other, they're in each other's heads, those are the games you want to go to. That's what makes the league so great. So that's one point where I wish the refs would let them go a little bit. but. Back to my point about Bryce Montgomery. Bryce Montgomery gets a lot of penalties on calls that aren't penalties. That's what my point was. With the, I want the refs to let them go a little bit, let them have some freedom because some of these calls aren't calls at professional levels, and that's the point that I'm trying to make. Because Bryce Montgomery gets a boarding call and it's a shoulder on shoulder hit it's just because the guy went down and made a sound. That's the only reason why it was a penalty. That was the only reason why it was a penalty. Because every time right now when you hear a body check. It's a call. It's a two minutes. And at the professional level, you hear every hit. You hear every hit. I mean, it's man on man, right? And Bryce Montgomery, it's in a man's body playing against kids right now. And he's a real and he's going to be a really good professional hockey league defenseman. And I wouldn't be surprised in three years in the AHL, he's up in the NHL level because he's that good. There's a couple times where he's joined in the rush, doesn't get the puck. If he gets the puck, he's got a powerful shot. Let's see that thing release. Because I guarantee if he gets to puck more in transition, he's up in the rush a lot. If he gets to puck a little bit more, he's gonna score. And uh, that's just a point. Cause I thought Bryce, I think Bryce is a really good defenseman. I think he's one of the best defensive defensemen in this league. He's a man, he's in a man's body playing against kids. And he's got it all. He's got the whole package, Bryce Montgomery. Yeah, well,
0: and you almost wonder when these. When the referees are going to start calling these games like it's the playoffs, because I mean, London, Guelph, exactly. it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, this isn't just well, for Bryce Montgomery. This isn't just, you know, for the bigger guys. Like, I mean, it, this dude, is just around the entire league. We're going to see this situation in the Eastern Conference play out as well. We're going to see it with different Western Conference teams. And well, you know, just, just in terms of London and Guelph, they play each other four more times. Um, you want to call that a four game playoff series heading into the playoffs? You can, because that those games will decide who wins the division, who finishes in the top two in the Western conference.
1: And I think mean, Guelph got a big win
0: on Sunday and
1: Guelph got a massive win on Sunday. If Guelph loses that game, the London is a mistake away from getting a point That that point makes it a three point sway right now instead of a two, but that, if that win for Guelph is the biggest win they've had all season, because they lose at their four points back, that's a weekend. That's a weekend. And when you play in team, when you got to play catch up, it's very hard. It feels like two points is four points. You know, it feels like it's double the one you have Just one win still so hard this time. Or so that's a massive win for Guelph. That's their biggest win of the season, in my opinion, on site in London. That's huge to split that weekend, especially after losing Friday, Saturday.
0: Yeah, well, and it was a couple of mistakes that helped him out, right? That first goal, it wasn't a, it was yes. the worst pass I'd ever seen, but the first goal, Logan Mayu, kind of with a miscue in his own end, a pass kind of went to nobody, and Guelph kind of capitalized on it, and then you mentioned the third mistake earlier on, or third mistake, uh, the third goal earlier on, uh, sort of a miscue as well. So, yeah, that's what you got to do on the road, and especially when you have Budweiser Gardens playing the London Knights is you know, take that opportunity. We say it all the time in baseball. The Toronto Blue Jays lost in two thousand and six fifteen because they gave the Kansas City Royals too many opportunities to score. Yeah. And that's essentially what the Knights did uh, to the Guelph storm on Sunday. So, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. That final matchup, uh, for anyone wondering out there, uh, London is in Guelph on a Sunday. 7 o'clock start, by the way, on that Sunday, March 27th. Uh, oh, yeah. It is the... It is the London Knights and Gulf Storm at the Sleeman Center for final matchup of the year between those two. So just wanted to put it out there. If anyone wants to buy tickets for that, uh, it'll be fun. All right. Uh, quick also, note before we head to break. Oh, there's All one more. I, more I, there's,
1: one, there's two more things I wanted to add to on the weekend. Um, massive congratulations to Gavin Bryant getting named the assistant captain on the road for the on sound attack. So not a big deal. Congrats to Ingersoll native Gavin Bryant the Owens down attack, getting an assistant cap, get, wearing the A. I, I, I sent him a text. Today. I said, what's that on your jersey? They put that on the wrong jersey or something. <laughs> yeah. I go, they put that on the wrong jersey? Like, is that your jersey? I mean, hey. make, sure, make sure. Hey, 13 with an A. We've I was going to say, before. we're used to that, Warren. We're used to yeah. that. We've saw that before. So, yeah, I I got to tell him that. Eh? Thir- the last 13, I saw an assistant cap hmm. Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> Yeah, the magic man. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, he wears 13 for Datsy, by the way, for you listeners. But, uh, yeah, and also another one, another one, another show guest, big, big weekend, Goal Jelsma. Goal Bo Jelsma. I'm calling him. Last four games, five points, four goals, one assist. Keep it up, Bo. Really, I mean, he's a player. We've. I said it last week on the show. I said it last week on the show that Bo Jelzma is a guy that when he gets his opportunity, it's over. It's his. It's his league. We're just. It's his world. We're just living in it. And uh, it's his league. We're just covering it because, wow. I mean, he's a really good player. He's, he gets, he's got a good brain. He's a good skater. He's good with the puck. He's skilled, and boom. And I'm not surprised by this at all, five points in four games. Congrats, Bo. Keep it up, though. And those are my points on the weekend. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, a couple more before we hit the break. Uh, we'll, we'll mention the sp- suspensions now because it will take the entire second segment uh, while we discuss why there's a chance that all six teams, or the top six teams, I should say, uh, in each conference have a chance at a championship right now. But you know, before the break, uh, suspensions, get those out of the way, not spend too much time on them. Uh, Cameron Baber of the London Knights, he gets two games for a slew foot. Uh, He'll be back Friday against Saginaw. That game is at Budweiser. That was a weird
1: one. That was a weird one too for Baber, Reese. That was weird. It looked like he lost an edge and went into him. I didn't really see the slew foot. It looked like he lost – got to find the video of that one. I have the woolly one. But the Baber one was kind of interesting because, Reese, it looked like he went to turn. He lost an edge and he slid right in the back of the legs of the Erie forward. And then, Mm -hmm. obviously, back of the front toe on the back of the heel. looks like a slew foot.
0: It's called. So – that was a top one. Next one, though, that's another story. Yeah, Mark Woolley, he is suspended indefinitely for a head check. Obviously, we have no return for that. That's, yeah, that that's going to be
1: a big one there because Woolley's been suspended this year. He's got a track record. Really interesting. it would be something to keep an eye out for, that's for sure. Uh, plays hard. Mark Woolley plays hard, no doubt about it, but... The hit, I mean, Reese, I just sent you the video. That's what I said to you. I completely forgot today, and that's why I sent you the video as you're reading up the top of the show. But you see that hit, Reese let you view it first, but I think you're starting with eight games on that. I mean, out indefinitely, I think that's eight. I was thinking 10-plus at first, which it, I wouldn't be surprised if it is, but I'm thinking eight.
0: Yeah, watching the video as we speak now. He had Ty His, Voigt feet, his arm goes out.
1: It's everything bad. It's everything bad on a hit. It's everything you're not supposed to do on a hit. And, I mean, he's the moment, I guess, right? You're going to think about that when you're going in to hit somebody you're not really thinking you're just going to do. But it can't happen. It can't happen. That's it. That's not a good hit. Yeah, so tough news for Mark. I mean, he's a really good player. Really good defense and high compete level. I really like him. I hope he gets a pro contract. I like the way he plays.
0: But tough one. Tough one, that's for sure. Yeah. Owen sounds going to miss him for sure. Um, Yeah. All right. When we come back, uh, I'm sure Colin's got a stat of the week. I think he already mentioned it. Stupid me. I probably already missed it, but uh, Colin Ward's going to say his stat of the week. Um, It is sponsored by somebody you will find out about after the break. Of course we will chat about why the top six teams in each conference has a chance to win a championship this year. And of course, later on in the show, we get to the player and goalie of the week and this coming week's featured game. All of that and more next here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL in 60 podcast. Uh, the link tree is there. So click on that and find our podcast wherever you listen to the rest of your podcasts. That includes Google, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and of course, the Bulldogs Audio Network. And by the way, the new
1: commercial, Reece, cut you off there, but the new commercial, Reed Duffy the Parking Garage, cracks me up. Love that. We I love retweeted that the show. That's hilarious. On Thursday, it came out. For anyone that's wondering, you can check it out on our Twitter page. We uh, retweeted it for sure. And yeah, wow. That commercial. Re- reach and get into acting. Reach and get Right? That's what I'm, I'm saying. Sure he he- I'm sure when he hears this, he's going to have a couple comments for it saying getting into acting,
0: but he's got an act for it. He's a natural. He's a natural.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, of course. For anyone who hasn't been inside First Ontario Centre at all this year, they kind of run all those commercials over the big board. Uh, yeah, they've got him <laughs> in the car. They've got him uh, on a bike. Like there's, he's walking around the concourse talking to fans and stuff. Like it's, they put a lot of work into it. As Colin pulls up the phone and he got the a car one on it. read oh,
1: Duffy sorry. <laughs> that's, just not, that's a little bit before yeah go check the rest out on our Twitter yep at the OHL it's just the podcast but wow it's awesome it's awesome I mean you got a knack for it that's for sure
0: All right stat of the week Colin and we kind of already mentioned it with the amount of shots that you tracked about 150 uh, there's a second part to that
1: yeah there is do you got an ad or do you want
0: to wait till after? Oh we'll do it after. All right, I'll get the drum roll going. I'll yeah. give you the cue. It's so, always going to be after. You're going to you're gonna say the stat, you're going to end it, and then I'll be like, Colin's stat drum of the roll.
1: week brought to you by. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. To be determined. All right, so Saturday night is a shot tracker, and this one really stood out to me. It's the first time anyone's had a perfect shot attempt, shot on goal tracker, and it was two guys that did it. That was pretty cool. Two for two. Sean McGurn, five for five. With a goal, Luke Evangelista five for five with a goal, empty net goal, but still a goal. So five for five, five for five. And I just thought that was pretty cool. 150 shots tracked this week. And two guys were five for five with it. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, in my opinion. So I had to mention that on the show. So yeah, and I'm ready for it. Sorry.
0: Colin Ward's stat of the week presented by the 2022 MLB Hall of Fame class. Hey. The MLB, where we have a lockout, but people still get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that makes zero sense. That makes zero sense. Eh?
1: That yeah, that gets me going. That, that pushes my buttons because I mean, zero I mean, make... I kind of understand
0: it. I kind of understand it because Major League Baseball, like baseball, like, the baseball writers of America, and like the Hall of Fame is kind of separate because I don't think it's owned by Major League Baseball unless it is. I could be wrong, um, but. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It, it's just weird. We're in a lockout. Nothing's going on. Like, I mean, there's kind We're of talks, about- but like, and then they're going to talk the Hall Missing of Fame Mom. class, and it's, yeah, I don't know. So, Zero good. sense. Yeah. And the fact that people still have Barry Bonds on their ballots. You're not a Bonds Hall of Fame yet? If you haven't voted him in already, like, with Probably his not. stats, he should have been a first ballot. ballot with his stats. Yeah. Obviously, there's a reason he wasn't, but I don't know. That's just my opinion. If you're never going to vote him in, then what makes it different this year? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Just
1: Appreciate my opinion.
0: It. But this isn't a baseball show. Are we know. starting with?
1: Yeah. Are we starting with the West or with the East? Let's start with the West because the East is the East yeah, will to... be the conversation. We can start with the West. That's fine. Yeah, because the East is going to be the one where, like, that's where they're naturally all like legit. Like last week, that got us into it. All six how close to this. So we'll start with Owen Sound in the sixth spot.
0: Yeah. Do
1: you want me to go first, McCase, for
0: Owen Sound? Yeah, go for it. I mean, we can... Yeah, yeah, go for it. We'll, we'll kind of make it, I don't know, a minute per team each, just 12 so sec. So 30 seconds each? Yeah, we can do that. Okay, so for Owen Sound, in my opinion,
1: I think that Owen Sound's a team where if they can... They play hard, right? Walter's a the system. They play hard. They play on... you. But the big question is for Owen Sound is if they can take that next step with their young guys, with their development. I mean, Cedric Gundon had his first multi-goal game over the weekend. I mean, Gavin Bryan started to heat up. Congrats Gavin. But if guys like that can continue, Madden Steen's on his way back. If they can get their young guys playing, Cal Yuns is playing really well. Quinty Red Devil, what up, Joel Vanderlander writer? He's going to like that shout out. But if those young guys can take the steps forward, they got a chance. But they're in that spot right now where it's a transition for the future. So it's slim, but it's not slim. If they play hard, they have a good cap, then hopefully they get them back, right? But they don't fall too much. They'll need those young guys to step up here. And if they can step up, they're a tough out. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I think for them, it's about getting momentum. You got to start going on a run here if you're on sound. If you want to... Yes. You know, I'm not going to say they're going to for sure get into a top five spot they are seven points behind the Windsor Spitfires with only one game in hand so again that that's a tough you know that's a tough hill to climb but they, they have to be higher than 500 for them I think it's about building that confidence like you said with all the young guys and you know, in their last ten, they're five and five. And being five hundred is good enough to get you from four to six. That's kind of what Owen Sound is like as a franchise. They like being in the middle there. They're in the middle of the pack. They'll surprise you in the first round. They'll put a big team out, or you know, they'll take them to seven. That's kind of what they've been like. If they, they always can win get, thirty games. Yeah, exactly. If they can find a way to you know, in a 10 game span, try to go eight and two or seven and three. That, that's yeah. a run that I think could give a team momentum into the playoffs where, yeah, I think there is a chance. Whereas right now they play the Flint Firebirds. I think that's a pretty good matchup for Owen Sound. You know, Flint's obviously a very good hockey club, but I like that matchup for Owen Sound. If you're the sixth seed, obviously you don't want to go up against the London or the Guelph right now because of how big of a powerhouse they, those two teams are. But for Owen Sound, if you get Flint in the first round, I think you have an opportunity there to upset, and that momentum will just build and build as you keep exactly. going. Exactly, so. just win
1: one. Yeah, yeah, just
0: win one. One game at a time, one series at a time. Next year, exactly. they're in
1: the grand prize. Exactly. Yeah, but, yeah, and quickly on Owen Sound, Reese, there's some teams close to him, obviously starting as a point back with a game yeah. in hand. they Kitchener, Kitchener was talked to be the team that was going to give London the go. They're the eighth spot. Sagan on the nine spot with 29 points. Kishner with 30, but 32 games. Saginaw 34 games played, 29 points as mentioned. Then the Erie Otters, Reese, the Erie Otters, 6-3 in their last 10. 6-3-1, that is an OT lot. But you look at their, uh, how, the way they've played in the last 10, 27 points in 33 games. I just want to quickly touch on the rest of the West because Erie's better than what their record
0: is. We mentioned that the last couple of weeks. Erie's a good team. As well, so the West is yeah. tight. Well, their ten game span is better than the three teams. Uh, actually, I should say the four teams yeah. in front of them. It' is like six and six three Owen oh, one. I guess um, yeah. it is a better She'd past ten lost. than Saginaw, Kitchener, Sarnia, and Owen Sound.
1: Yeah, I mean they're a good team. They're a good team. They have a good goalie. They have giveaways. They have good goal
0: scoring. They have good defense. Mm-hmm. They're a good team. They're a good team. That's for sure. All right, uh, Windsor Spitfires. Why could they win a championship, Colin?
1: Well, the big thing is with Windsor and Reese, you and I picked Windsor in the media poll to win the West division. Yeah, Joel had, Joel had St. Marie. And my opinion was on Windsor. I just think they're deep. I think they're deep. I think they have good top. I think they had one of the best top six. I think they had the best top six in the division. I think they have one of the top, the best top six in the league. And, when you have when you can score goals you're gonna win when you look at the last cha- when you look at the last five champions in the OHL, what do they all have in common? They can all score at the top level they're all they all have the top top line. They all have scoring they can score the timely goal and they can put you out with scoring goals. Andrew Paradab was a really good ad to get that veteran defenseman that was huge but the big thing is for uh, Windsor can Xavier Medina keep this going? He's gotten hot as of late. Him and Owen Bender, the most improved goaltenders in the Ontario Hockey League this year. I mean, you can't really not say that because of how good they've been. And the numbers show it late, of late. And uh, Xavier Medina, if he can stay hot, why not? Why not, Windsor? 323 penalty minutes as well. That's a good year out of the box. That's a, the that's a least amount. Oh, second least amount in the Ontario Hockey League or in the Western Conference.
0: Yeah, well, and when you get in the games against St. Marie, top-ranked power play, you better stay out of the box, or else in the playoffs you're not going to win very many games. So uh, that's a recipe to win. That's a recipe yeah. to win. Good defense, yeah. good goaltending, stay the box. Yeah, and for for me, it's all about the top five guys in terms of points. Wyatt Johnson's got 63 points in 33 yeah. games. That's that's on another level. Will Cooley 37 and 28. Maggio 37 and 32. Hano's got 30 and 30. Uh, Andrew Parrott has 30 and 29. Their top five scores are over or at a point per game. Yeah. And And again, the top teams are going to have that. But if you can be a fifth place team and have that, you don't see that very often, in my opinion. don't see that fifth place team. Those middle teams kind of have that. You maybe see those, you know, one, two or three top scores who are just, you know, they're just above a point a game unless you have Wyatt Johnson, who's not even close to that. He's way above it, almost two points per game. I think the Windsor Spitfires, like you mentioned, it's all about Medina. If he can stabilize the back end, you know, there's going to be some defensive miscues from the Spitfires. I don't think their D is, you know, the greatest, obviously Hanoi Parrott, they're going to be the leaders, but if Xavier Medina can stay, Pat, and if White Johnson, Will Cooley, and Matthew Maggio can keep scoring, then they'll be fine for sure. And like we said, they still have a chance to win the division. They still have a chance to win that West division over the Sioux Greyhounds. So it's always an opportunity. Uh, Guelph Storm. Yeah. I think there's a lot of reasons for them. <laughs> yeah, Guelph, it was similar to
1: Winter coming in. Guelph, we knew they're gonna score. Sasha Pasta Jobs, a guy that can win games on his own, it seems like. I mean, he had a tough game on he had a tough game on Sunday. Took a took a couple penalties. That's not you don't like to see that. But he's a guy that can win games on his own. Obviously, Danny Jill can really good player force. And hey, that's another thing that now that comes to my mind. He's no longer – he wasn't the net front guy in the power play on Saturday and on Sunday. He was in a shooting spot with Sasha Pastajap, and they're getting a lot of chances. I like that move. He's got a powerful shot. Let's show, let's see what he's got for the scouts. Right? Very smart move by uh, George Burnett, head coach of the Guelph Storm. 30 penalty minutes for the Guelph Storm. They stay out of the box. They don't take a lot of penalties – or 300 penalty minutes. Sorry, I read the wrong stat. But 300 penalty minutes for the Guelph Storm. 41 points in 32 games, 19, 10, and 2. We mentioned it about Medina, as mentioned, Owen Bennett's that guy where if Bennett stays hot, they can go the distance. I mean, their, their trade deadline was so good for Guelph, getting the Sarnia OAs. I mean, that was huge for them because is a big, gritty defenseman. That plays hard. Um, Saprik is a gritty guy. They have their guys there, good gap control. They shut Luke Evangelista down. Yeah, Evangelista got points, but he's going to get points. He, they really shut him down on Sunday, though. He, he didn't have the bestest game, but they really kept him outside and they didn't give him a lot. So uh, that's the way they're going to win. They're a matchup team, right? Let's win those three two games. Let's win those four two games. We can win the shootout game. We can win the low-scoring games. They match up well with anybody in the league. To me, matchups are huge in the second half. They They're one of the best matchup teams in the league and they have a great coach for that.
0: Yeah, I was just about to say that. My reason is George Burnett because he seems to figure out how to – control this league and control every game he plays in the playoffs. And I yeah. think, I think what helps with him is all the rookies that have yes. put up big performances. And I'm not saying, Oh yeah, they've put up all the points in the world. Well, no, they really haven't because, you know, I talk about there's five guys on Windsor who are at or above a point per game. Uh, Guelph has one. Yeah. And it's it is Sasha past Yeah. So, so the fact that they're in this spot and past as the one guy who's a point per game. And obviously this is, we're not surprised by that, but yeah. I thought Jilkin would have been there. Now he's not far off. He's got 26 points in 30 games and I'm sure he's going to start to turn it on uh, as we get into the final two months of the season. But you know, the fact that George Burnett has been able to get a very underrated team of guys who really don't have the biggest names, in the Ontario hockey league, obviously other than past and Jilkin, but with goaltending uncertainty to start the year, you know, Cam Allen, he's a rookie coming into this league. Did we really know how well or how good he was going to be? Well, he's been pretty good, pretty stable on D obviously there's the mistakes, but, he's still been really good. He's lived up to the amount of hype that he's had. So the fact that George Burnett was able to get this group together and to play this well against some of these teams in the Ontario hockey league is why that yeah. they have any chance in the world to win. Because again, I don't think very many people had them in the spot they were they're in right now, or even the spot that we think they could be in uh, come playoff time. So yeah. yeah exactly. Fourth place for them. Like I said, 19 to, 1910, two and one uh, on the year. Uh, number three, Flint Firebirds, currently 35 games played. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. The games played might hurt them in the standings in the in the regular season, but in the playoffs, they have a good goaltender against Luke Kaplan. I think he can do it. I think he can do it. He's a veteran goaltender. It's similar to the Owen Bennett's in the ex- for Medina's where they're in that same category where can they step up? If they step up, yeah, we're a contender. But if you if you get worse, if you decline, declining, in my opinion, the second half is staying the same because if you don't get better in the second half, your team's not going to improve as a goalie, right? So he's a guy where if he can step up, look out for Flint because they have a two-headed monster up front that can score goals in Riley Piercy and Brandon Offman. 53 points in 33 games, 37 points in 30 games for Piercy. That's – I mean, Offman's just ridiculous, but – if can they get guys like tag Bertuzzi to step up and they can get those guys that they acquired here in the off season to step up. If they can do that, then look out for Flint.
0: Yeah. Well, and shout out to Brennan Hoffman, who is the new captain of the Flint firebirds. Yes. Um, recently announced this past weekend. And again, we didn't expect anything different. We knew that would happen as soon as the land. It left. took so long. Uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, Again, they're the team. They're like, well, we thought, oh, you know, Flint, they had that chance a couple of years ago. Like, this was it. This is their year. They're going to go at it with Saginaw and London. Like, this is going to be the Flint Firebirds team that competes for a championship. And then we get to this season, and we're thinking, oh, you know, they still got Othman. You know, you never really know. They went out, they got Bertuzzi, and, you know, they could be middle of the pack. And, well, they're top three right now as we speak on the 24th of January going into the 25th. And again, they're just an underrated roster that has a good coach. Ted Dent has coached at the professional level and he he knows what he's doing. And that's again, with the situation Flint was in when they first came into the league, you know, obviously control is back now uh, fully with the owners of the Firebirds and you know, they're out there. They're ready to go and yeah, like you said, if Ted Bertuzzi can have a good end of the year stretch and into the playoffs, he'll be good. Like Sahil Panwar had a good weekend. Uh, this past weekend for the Flint Firebirds. So, yeah, it's getting all these group of guys to mesh together at a certain point in the season.
1: For sure. Uh,
0: London Knights, second place right now. Two points behind the Sioux Greyhounds. Yeah, the four games in hand
1: help them. London, Guelph, the thing that helps them is those games in hand. Mm-hmm. It'll be one of those – in my opinion, it'll be one of those two teams that finish in the top of the Western Conference in the regular season. But my opinion for London is, can Brett Brochu keep this going? He played a lot of hockey. I'm worried, does he get worn out? Does he get worn out here in the second half? I hope not. And my other thing is, do they have the size and grit in the goal score to win? Um, They're not the biggest team. Yes, they're a big defensive team. But up front, their forwards are not the biggest. And that's the part that scares me against big defense. Their defense are huge. Their defense are textbook how you draw it up but their forwards aren't and I'm worried when you get into those games against Guelph is there a guy that can help out a Luke Evangelista a Sean McGurn? that's the thing that's going to be my question is obviously they can score they're ridiculously talented and the one thing is too London they don't have those young guys right when you look at their young core it's a hard roster to move up on it is a hard roster to play top six minutes right away. It's the hardest in the league by far. I mean, when you look at Brody Crane, right? Brody Crane, ridiculously talented. Ridiculously talented, right? Goal scorer. He can score goals. He can hit. He's good two-way guy. Um, and you look at him compared to other guys around the league, right, in his draft year. When you look at the rankings, okay, he was ranked above that guy. He's a big commit to Penn State, right? He's a good player. He's a first-round talent if he doesn't have that commitment to Penn State. You look at him in the OHL this year, you are looking at his numbers, like, oh, it's not great. But it's a hard roster to crack. It's a hard roster to be on that roster. That's why every year you see the London Knights develop a guy into the first round because you always see that guy, yeah, okay, we got to battle to even, make the roster day in and day. You, know, you got to battle. I mean, Denver Barkey was a scratch at points this year. Easton Cowan was a scratch at points this year. Brody Critton is a scratch at points this year. Ethan McKinnon's a scratch right now. Like McKinnon's their second best plus minus guy on their team. It's a hard roster to be consistently playing in. And that's why the Hunters always develop guys into the NHL because it's a constant from when you're 16 years old. It's a constant battle to even make it into to be like to be on the ice, to be not even a scratch. It's a battle every day. You got to practice hard. You got to earn every day. And that's why you see so many guys go up to the next level. Because it's a, such a hard roster to crack, and to consistently do that, to, you have to consistently be good, to be consistently be great, to be in that roster day in and day out, and that's why, in my opinion, can those guys step up in the playoffs? You saw it before, Robert Thomas in seventeen, or yes, two thousand seventeen, when they lost the Erie Otters, when he stepped up though to be that center. Those are guys that they need to develop, and will those guys come out in the playoffs? That's to be determined. But if they do, look out. Look out if they get that secondary scoring.
0: Yeah, well, I think you covered everything. Uh, If they get all the contributions from up front. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on the Knights because you covered a lot of them. Uh, Biggest thing for me, they're going to win a championship uh, because they don't give up any goals. Uh, Yes. They are tied for first in goals against, in terms of lowest goals against, I should say. Uh, 86 goals they've given up uh, Tied with the Mississauga Steelheads The next closest team is the Barry Colts 97 and with Brent Clark Leading that decor that doesn't surprise me at all Either Uh, but you're looking at all these other Teams there you know they're up in the 110 Some teams are up in the 130s 140s 150s and and that's Wild to think about and that's the Eastern Conference Where obviously the West you have uh, A lot less totals I think the highest Here in the West 135 And that is the Saginaw Spirit Uh, Whereas everyone else is around the 110 to 125-ish mark. Uh, The London Knights don't give up very many goals. So it would not surprise me at all if they won a lot of games, one or two nothing, just based on the way they've played so far. And I mean, you look at that close game, 3-2 against Guelph on the Sunday. um, Yeah, they're going to win because their defense is really good. Oh, big time. And I mean,
1: what a boring slash fun finals. It would be to see Mississauga London. You look at the
0: goals against. Not no, a goal scored. The leading, the leading, one, go- leading point That's getter will have develop. eight points in that series. That would not yeah. surprise me at all. Yeah, it'll go seven. It'll go seven
1: games, and there will be there'll be a lot. There'll be at least at least three to one games. Yeah. At least three out of the seven, and there will probably be a couple one nothing games in there. It'll just be
0: in it out of
1: hockey gap yeah, control. Yeah, we'll play for like three overtime. Yeah, out. yeah,
0: right. Spend the
1: night yeah hopefully it's not a back-to-back
0: yeah uh getting short on time uh go to Sioux greyhounds here uh, they currently lead the western conference at 45 points and i mean that's a safe assumption for us to say why they have a chance to win a championship but uh colin uh thoughts on the Sioux greyhounds well sue's one of the
1: oldest teams in the Ontario hockey league and then they get tanner dickinson over i mean 43 points in 32 games. You look at all the guys they have over a point in game, Reese. I mean, they have good veterans. They have good veterans there. They know what it takes. And Sue's one of those teams that was going for a MEM Cup a couple of years ago. And now those veterans, those core guys that they had a couple se- last season to go for a MEM Cup are now OAs, or they're going close to their, or their O2s. Those guys now are the guys that are stepping up, and that's why they went for a MEM Cup, because they, they know what they have. They may have a goalie in Tucker Tyne, and we will see how good he plays down the stretch, right? We've never saw Tucker Tyne and play in a playoff series, so that's the point I'm trying to make there. Let's see what he's got, but it'll be interesting to see what Sue does. They're definitely a veteran team, so that usually has a good recipe for the playoffs. That's usually a tough out.
0: Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Uh, is Tucker Tyne in a playoff goalie? And we, we, we've seen that he can steal games. Uh, four teams and of course Niagara not having nearly as strong a team as the Sioux Greyhounds, especially in the last couple of years. And of course, before Tynan's injury, but uh, we'll, we'll really see what he's made of. I mean, Jack Thompson helps for the Sioux Greyhounds. Like they're just, again, they were up in, up in no man's land in Sioux St. Marie. And I mean, Joel's been on the Sioux St. Marie hype train uh, since before the season started. Oh, yeah. He was it's, their yeah. pick to win the Western division, like you said. So I mean, yeah, it's let, let's see what this team's made of. They were ready to host a Mem Cup, them and Oshawa. Clearly, they're in a better spot than Oshawa. So let's see if, you know, it, it remains. Let's see the Sioux Greyhounds go on a run. And I think, yeah, it's just if Tucker Tynan can be stellar in that net, then, yeah, they'll be good. But I do have to say he needs a new mask. Uh, he's still got yes. his Ice Dogs mask. Um, yeah. Well,
1: Matt too. Tyus there in Windsor as well it
0: has his Knights pads in. Yeah. yeah, so that was kind of odd. I mean, it kind of that's worked out with Tynan in with the ice dogs and greyhounds with red. Yeah, it kind of worked out for
1: London, London Windsor, though,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> it's different. It's Green different. Green to red, and you,
0: blue, and white. Yeah. Yeah. we going over the East next week? Yeah, we might have to. We're out we're of time. We're close to here. time. Yeah. Yeah, we're close to time. Yeah, but so we'll do the East week. next week. And I mean, I don't think a whole lot will change in terms of the Eastern Conference standings, in terms of the top six. I mean, there's a chance that you know Ottawa might slide up into that sixth spot ahead of Oshawa, but Oshawa's still got two games in hand on the 67. So um, you can see the Generals, they have a little bit of a stronger team as well, so we could more than likely see them uh, stay in that top six. But as of right now, as we just discussed the Western Conference, the top six in the East, Mississauga, Kingston, North Bay, Hamilton, Barrie, and Oshawa. We'll see if that stands, Pat, until next week. When we discuss why each of those six teams have an opportunity to win a championship. When we come back on the other side of the break, uh, player and goaltender of the week. And then of course we'll discuss our featured game for the final week in January. You're listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese DeManey, along with Colin Ward. Final segment before we round out the show. Uh, We'll just start it. Player of the week. Get to that first. It is from the Flint Firebirds, Riley Piercy. Uh, Four goals, three assists for seven points in three victories for the Flint Firebirds. He was also a plus three in those contests. He is the second Firebird to win uh, Player of the Week. Of course, Brendan Othman did it back on, or from, I should say, November 22nd to the 28th. So second Firebird. And I think he's the first repeat teammate for this year. I'm I'm going through it, and there's, ah, no, Jack Thompson and David Goyette, Sudbury Wolves, did it last week. He was the second guy from the Wolves, so okay. Still though, not so, a not a whole lot. It's kind of been spread out, which is nice to see. Now, you're not seeing the yeah. same guys and the same, you know, teams winning it all the time. So that's pretty cool to see. I well, remember
1: remembering like remember in like
0: 16 when
1: it was Dylan Strome, Alex Debrankett, Mitch Marner.
0: Yeah. Every Christian
1: Dvorak, Matthew Duchuk. It was like every other week. It was in the Otter or a of Night. It's nice to see the difference. Yeah. A lot of parody this year in the league, and it's expected
0: also in consideration for this honor Kingston Frontenacs forward Jordan Frasca he had 7 points this past weekend two goals five assists he was a plus 6 as well as the Frontenacs had four games this past weekend winning the last three of them so piercy takes home player of the week goaltender of the week and he's up there in terms of you know how good he is top 5 OHL for sure he was i think Highly sought out, during, maybe not during the trade deadline, but throughout the start of the season. Marty Williamson picked him up from the OL Sound attack. Matt Guzda takes home, goaltender of the week. He was 2-0 and with a 1.49 goals against average and a save percentage of 956, stopping 65 of 68 shots this yeah. past weekend.
1: What a trade. What a trade for Marty Williamson. That's one that's one of those trades where you don't like you either do it or you don't, right? You go all in or you don't. And they went all in on it and that's why they got him. And there's kind of a bidding war for Matt Goose, you could say, because there's a couple teams that need a goaltender. Yeah. And uh Barry wins that. And that was that was a good acquisition for sure for Marty Williamson. I mean the veteran general manager, he's been around, he knows what his team needs being a head coach. You can see it firsthand day
0: in and day out. So uh get a good read on the players and that was a really good deal for the Barry Colts, that's for sure. Also in consideration, Ottawa Senators prospect Levi Mira Linen of the Kingston Frontenacs. He was 2-1, one, 168 goals against average, save percentage of 944, as well as his first shutout of the year. So uh, shout out to Mira Linen And Oshawa Generals goaltender Patrick Lever, who was 2-1 and one as well. He had 120 saves over three games, a 1.95 goals against average, save percentage just above 950 at 980. 9- 52 So all Eastern conference goalies in the spotlight this week, but uh, it is Matt Guzda taking home goaltender of the week honors to our featured game. And it kind of leads into exactly. that from Matt Guzda. Yeah, a nice transition. Uh, coming up at Sadlawn arena Thursday, January 27th. It is a 7:30 puck drop. The Owen sound attack are taking on the Barry Colts. Second meeting of the season between the two clubs. First matchup came November twenty fifth, also at Sadlon Arena. It was a four three Owen Sound attack victory. They are led by Denny Gore, uh, twelve goals, fourteen assists for twenty six points on the season. And this is this is a matchup we were kind of going through the lists and. For anyone wondering, oh, why would you pick Owen sound Barry? It's not like they're near the top. Well, no, but they're still fighting for position. They're still two teams. Like we said, Mac Guzda could win a playoff series. Owen Sound. Let's see what they are. There's so many new pieces. There's so many new faces. I mean, Parrot is gone. Um, There's a couple of guys that have come in. You never know. You
1: know, see a show guest wearing an A on his jersey since it's on the road for Owen Sound.
0: So. Not a big deal. Yeah, so this is kind of a middle of the pack featured game where they're they're fighting for position. They want to finish as high as possible. There are two teams that want to finish around that four, five, six spot. Now, obviously, some spots won't happen. I mean, but that's still that's what they're fighting for in this situation. So, I think it's going to be a good matchup between the uh, Owen Sound Attack and Barry Colts at Sadler sure. Arena. For sure, it will be. It'll be interesting
1: to see. What the attack will look like without Mark Woolley in the lineup as well. They're yeah. captain, so
0: it'll be interesting to see what they look like. Someone's got to step up. Yeah, Barry fifth place coming into this matchup, 39 points. Owen Sound, of course, like we mentioned in 6 they they're at 33 points. So they're neck and neck, six points separate them. And yeah, it should be a fun one at Sadlon Arena. Again, it is this coming Thursday. A couple back-to-back Thursday matchups for us here on the OHL in 60 podcast. 7.30 yeah, start. Day, yes. yeah, Sadlon Arena, January 27th. It is the attack taking on the Colts. Well, and that does it for this episode. Week. Perseverance. Perseverance, yeah. Perseverance over, show. That's all it is. bug, warty. Getting know over the tired bug, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I don't know what I got. Like, it's weird. Something's up, though. It's on. Yeah. With
1: the throat. I don't know. We'll see.
0: Maybe you talk too yeah. much.
1: Very true. It might just be I'm <laughs> losing my voice. So thanks for the listeners to bear with me. Right, that's very good. true. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is because, I don't know, I might be losing my voice because, like, I can feel it. That's what it feels like. Now that you know? mention it, it feels like, when you're, you know, when your throat hurts when you're, like, losing your voice? That's what it feels like. So oh,
0: yeah, the listeners,
1: good. sorry for that. And, uh, yeah, perseverance, yeah. We weren't 100%, but we battled through it. Yeah, we did. This, this was the 80th <laughs> episode. Do it, finish your checks. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> this was the 80th episode, of course, of the show. Uh, again, every 10 episodes, the man behind the music. Uh, we kept the music around because, well, it fits the show, and it's really good. Uh, Jonathan Howe uh, providing us with the music, of course. Jonathan on air Instagram, you can find him. And yeah, thanks a lot, Johnny. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks. It's all a mohawk along, so I'll tell him the all yeah. the sentiment text. Thanks for the music. Episode 80.
0: Oh yeah.
1: It's always been there. All right. Oh yeah. Buffalo Sabres guy, too. He's a big Buffalo guy. Sabres fan, so sorry. Yeah. Each of season series to Detroit for nothing. Yeah, Buffalo signed a new player. His name's Owen 4. <laughs>
0: did did he get traded (laughs) from montreal a couple of seasons ago after yeah he
1: played for them right yeah yeah hopefully he clears waivers and goes somewhere else that
0: detroit hasn't played yet maybe ottawa but we'll see we'll see
1: yeah
0: should be interesting to see where his nhl career goes
1: yeah all right that's
0: it that's it for us episode 80 in the books we will chat again in seven days (laughs)